here we go. This is another episode of a Side Talks podcast where we talk about movies. That's right. Uh, my name is Corey Kraft. Who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. And uh, to you, listener, I have to say, what's up, ding dongs? Because um, it's time to talk about cinema here on the Side Talks podcast. Oh, man. I'll tell you, because we're on a roll here today talking, and I'm trying to just deflect from this, talking about music that we like or don't like or what's going on. My A friend of mine, Alex Pollock, told me that whenever you get off the plane in L.A., it's just right now on loop in L.A. is uh, Party in the USA. Ugh. It just goes on and on and on. So L.A. is really embraced. It's an interesting choice because Miley Cyrus, <laughs> while she's singing about L.A., is certainly not necessarily. It's, a, it's more of a like I love you Nashville song. Would you say that in the USA right now we are experiencing a party? Because I would not. I would say that some people in the USA are certainly experiencing a party. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, like the conservative Supreme Court justices? <laughs> I see. They're like, fuck yeah, nothing yes. wrong here. Yeah, we're nailing it, guys. Lots of partying. Yeah. Um, I also love that when ask, when Miley Cyrus was asked about what Britney song she's referencing in that song, she said, I have no idea. I don't know any Britney Spears songs. I just read what was on the page. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's how you know that the song comes from the heart. The party comes from the heart. What do you think a Supreme Court justice party is like? I bet it's like eyes wide shut a lot of masks oh, and sure. chanting for sure i'll um, also say that the last time i was in la it was been a minute now because we had this pandemic thing and it was when they had all those when malibu was on fire oh sure and we went to a restaurant and of course the vast majority of the restaurant being in la was outside and there was it looked like snow there was so much ash coming down and everybody was continuing to drink champagne and eat and just brush the ash off of their tables so i do think that yes indeed we are partying in the usa no matter what that's, no matter what. Yeah, that we'll feels like a metaphor. And the band played on. Um, I've never been to L.A. Oh, you should go. It's really fun. Yeah, before it burns down. Yeah, before it's gone. Before it breaks into the ocean or gets bombed or burns. Yeah. So on that cheery get, note, let's talk about movies. Get off the plane and party in the USA, Corey. And now, fast film terms. Boom! Whoa, that went by quick. It sure did. I have... You're not going to believe it. You are not going to believe it. Uh-huh. I have several fast film terms for you today, but they're going to go by so quick. These okay. are truly fast film terms. Well, are you ready? Hear. Yep. What's a hoofer? A tap dancer. A dancer. I don't think they have to be a tapper. Just a dancer. A hoofer I, is a dancer. I remember, you know, from Singing in the Rain, Gene Kelly and yeah. Donald O'Connor call each other hoofers there you when go. they're trying to make it. Back in the olden days. Yep. Do you know what a kudo cast is? Um, it's when we talk about how great a job we did at the festival and broadcast it in a podcast, give ourselves kudos. No. Okay. You did that more than me. You're guilty. It is an award show though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, we're certainly no worse than the Oscars. Let's just, let's be real there. Uh, Less physical violence, at least so far. And here's an interesting one. Okay. The difference, the difference between a multiplex and a megaplex. We know those are movie theaters. So mega, I imagine, is there some arbitrary number designation? There is. There is absolutely some quantitative numbers. So a multiplex is anything from two to 16 screens. Two to 16. Yeah, you can actually have a three-screen cinema, and it's a multiplex. That's quite a wide berth there. So a megaplex has to have more than 16. That's right. That's right. I don't know how many theaters I've ever been to that have more than 16 screens. There's one in Times Square. That is, yeah, okay. I that have is been a to mammoth that beast. I have been to that been theater. To. And I do remember it, it's the staffing is 
kind of wild because you take an escalator up and you can go, I think it's like seven flights or something. But at every spot, there's somebody checking your ticket because, you know, it's New York and sneak in pretty easily. And then watch movies all day. And that's not really a concern other places for some reason you know it's sort of like one ticket in and you're good but in new york they really don't like that so there well, was somebody checking now i don't know if that's still the case because mm, you know cutbacks in the uh, yeah. exhibition industry but it was a big one it was a big one i don't know how many screens but it was certainly more than 16 some of them were small very small yeah and then finally what's a mop it um it's it's a cross between a mop and a puppet. Yeah, kinda, yeah. I mean it's a preteen child actor, so most preteens are a cross between a muppet and a mop. Yeah, makes sense. That's my fast film term. See how fast they were though. Those are really good ones. Oh, they're so fast. There they go again. And now a look at what we're watching this week. So guess what I've been watching? What have you been watching? Other than a bunch of films at the cinema here and there, I got to tell you the Chop and Steal, their little thing that they did after the The mini found footage festival. was hilarious. Yeah, it was amazing. I was doubled over laughing. The audience was roaring. It was a lot of fun. If you have a chance to see the found footage guys going out there and doing their thing, you should definitely do that. It was really, really fun. And the movie's fun too. Even though I, you know, there, I agree. There's my friend Alex's comment was there's a little much, there's a little a lot of focus on the urination. Hell yeah. And that's, I think a boy thing. I think, I think boys like to talk about pee for hours on end. And I, I was good with five minutes of pee. I didn't need 20 minutes of pee. Well, you're out there on, and I don't want to give too much of the documentary away um, for folks who haven't seen it yet. The documentary chop and steel, which is really, really funny, but you know, sometimes you got to get together with your best bro and, and, and piss yourself on live TV. I guess so. I just don't need to hear about it for 25 minutes. Again, if I was eight, maybe because when I was eight, you could just say the word pee or doo-doo and I would laugh. I mean, I some of us are, are, are yeah. Right yeah, some of us uh, <laughs> present company very much included are eight at heart. That backfired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you what else I've been watching. Okay. On a more serious note, Ooh. I watched rewatched The Order of Myths, directed by Margaret Brown, yeah. and had not realized what a setup that she has done in this film for, for Descendant. Descendant. Yeah, um, I have not seen The Order of Myths since it came out in 2008, 2009, something like that. Um, so I had forgotten completely about that. And our friend Jeremy Burgess reminded me of that, I think, over the weekend. We were, we were talking about that sort of very clear line between the, the two very films. much and of course it's a, a line that then she's made other films like the great invisible in between mm-hmm. those films but it is indeed she sets up the founding of africatown she sets up the connection between the family one of the families that's in this film that is the the white family that the is Mares. the white mardi gras family yeah. and then there's of course a black family that's or two black families really that's the um the black mardi gras and the joining together of those two Mardi Gras to a certain extent, which is a bit heartwarming towards the end. Sure. But it is, it definitely lays all that out. It mentions the Cotilda a number of times in the film. It would make for a great double feature. I'm not suggesting we should have done that because, boy, those spots in the lineup, they sure are precious. Yep. But it would be, I think, in a future screening, might make sense for us to do a double feature of those two. It would be a really interesting one to see. For and sure. I was reminded of what a wonderful film it is. I've known that. It's a great film. But it is, I'm going to go on record and say, it is definitely in the top six of my favorite documentary film endings of all time. Whoa! And I don't remember the ending. It ends with her grandfather saying something 
Very alluring. Okay. Very, very alluring. And I, some folks may not catch it because the title, it, it actually happens directly after the title. Yeah. So it's, there's a little bit of a beat at the end and then it goes to that. And it's a, it's a really uh, mystical, mysterious ending, which I think is right in line with how, with some of the strange nature of the celebration of Mardi Gras and Mobile and the secretive nature of that kind of spectacle in general. So it's a wonderful film. I highly recommend it. If you haven't revisited it, I think it's worth revisiting. And certainly as we begin to see Descendant released on Netflix, it's a good one to pre-watch or maybe come somewhere like Sidewalk and see a double feature in a future instance. Fingers crossed. And then I will say very quickly that I also watched, I've seen the the documentary Nothing Compares, which is the Showtime Sinead O'Connor documentary. And it is... The filmmaking could be better. Okay. It's not the best bio doc I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But there is something really wonderful about it. Uh, just for example, it has some – I was talking to Bradford about this. It has some reenactments. I don't love reenactments in a documentary. I've taught documentary. I've made documentaries. I understand how difficult it be. It can be to try to find a visual to support audio when especially when Sinead's not being interviewed she's just you hear her voice over gotcha so the so I but it just doesn't there are there are other methods so I don't love that about the film but as a whole I love this film it is rare to have a film about an artist that I really really like and to have footage and information I haven't heard or seen before Mm. and it definitely has that and what I really noticed was I I introduced this at the Carver. I mentioned at the Carver that, you know, everybody was asking me, oh, are you going to rip a picture of the Pope beforehand? Again? And kind of antics, which are typical of me. I tend to do something goofy bef- beforehand just to, you know, for fun. And I like doing that kind of stuff, but I was not going to do that. I said I wasn't going to do it out of respect for Sinead O'Connor yeah. because it's not, that's not this film. That's R- not what this right. film does. And I will say that, you know, I watch this thing like we do oftentimes on a little laptop to make a decision about programming it. And I made a decision about programming it based on a very tiny little screen in the midst of watching a lot of other things, you know, with my cat probably on one side of me and some distraction on the other. And it, it's, it got programmed and it's wonderful. But when I watch the first few minutes of this film and it comes out of the gate with Sinead O'Connor screaming into a microphone really big at the Carver Theater, really loud at the Carver Theater. And then it it gives you that and kind of puts you in a headlock for a minute. And then it cuts to a very young Sinead O'Connor coming to sit down across from um, somebody, an Irish, I think I believe is Irish, uh, an Irish talk show being interviewed. And she's got this incredibly fragile voice that juxtaposition and comparison and then he begins to ask her questions about how why would she shave her head nobody would you know how how, didn't she disappoint her parents Mm. wasn't she a bad kid and begins to go down this road and she handles it so gracefully i I was just taken aback so i was like that's the way this film is meant to be seen so showtime thank you for letting us have it and i appreciate that it's going to be on small screens across the country but this thing deserves a theatrical exhibition it sounded so good and it looks so damn good. And I don't know that it packs the punch on a laptop that it packed in that cinema. And I, I was really taken by it. The power of her voice. And again, compared to that, uh, the sort of, I don't know what her, her, her uh, fragile isn't even the right word. I don't know what it is. It's a it's a really inter- just interesting juxtaposition. And there's also the scene, you're familiar with this too, I believe. Where she's gone on stage at the Bob Dylan 
Yeah. Tribute concert, and it's directly after she's ripped the picture of the Pope up, and half of the room is is booing and half is applauding. And we all saw that at the time. I know you were probably a little young, or if even here. And we all saw that though and thought, oh, that's a that's wild. That's a little clip. But seeing it, it's a, seeing it in its entirety is really something interesting because my interpretation of her all along was how terrified she must have been, how awful it must have been. But she embodies this amazing amount of strength mm-hmm. that I had never really interpreted before. Sure. And there's even a point when Chris Christopherson, which I don't never saw this in the clip, Chris Christopherson, who'd introduced her, comes back on the stage and says something to her like, don't let the bastards get you down. Oh, that's good. And they they put the titles on the bottom. And she kind of goes, I'm not down. I mean, she just very she just kind of takes a step back and it's like, I'm not defeated. I'm not down. And it's not what it looks like. So there's she's just this individual who has this, I, I think, the, what she perpetuates outwardly and what's internal or or not necessarily in line. Yeah. I don't, it's an interesting, interesting rabbit hole to go down with her. Um, and yeah, it's I, I recommend the film. And so that's what I wanted to talk about. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that at some point down the line. It's funny, though, that you bring up that it's best seen on the big screen since it's not likely that I right. will get that opportunity. Um, because the film that, that I wanted to talk about, well, is also – a film I the one film I got to sit and watch at the festival, yeah. Um, and also, well, it, it's it's Margaret Brown's Descendant. Yeah, um, yeah. I had not planned to to rewatch that movie, um, but circumstances allowed for it, and I found myself just getting sucked into it. Um, it's a movie that I knew that I liked already quite a bit, having seen it at Sundance. But I but saw you saw it, it on this on the computer at Sundance, right? It's yes, like, I saw it virtually virtual. um, <clears throat> on my television, which is you yeah. know not small, but but it's not the same, obviously. Um, and seeing it on the big screen and and really soaking in uh, Margaret Brown's compositions and um, just how the film is put together. It's a gorgeous piece of work. It's a really absorbing piece of work. And boy, that is a movie that really benefits from a big screen treatment. I, I liked it even more um, seeing it at sidewalk on the big screen at the Alabama theater. Um, and of course, we had other special circumstances. We had some of the subjects of the film in attendance doing a, a Q&A uh, afterwards, which was really special, really emotional. Um, and, and that's not really a, a, a experience that can be duplicated, unfortunately. But I will say, you know, Netflix bought that movie. So the destiny of Descendant is likely to be seen by the majority of its audience on the small screen, right? Yep. On on TVs, on laptops, on, God forbid, cell phones. Um, but boy, is that a movie that really benefited from the big screen treatment too. Although I will say that's kind of redundant because I feel like most, if not every movie, benefits yeah. from the big screen I mean, treatment. Except for maybe that zombie movie with Jamie Foxx that we talked about earlier. Yeah, that you can keep that at home. Um, but, but the big screen really did Descendant favors. It really is just... A marvelous piece of work, um, as you say, a really um, surprising companion piece in a lot of ways to the order of myths, um, which is again not something that I had realized until being told right. about that because I haven't seen that movie in fourteen years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but this one is is really well done um, and really special and really beautiful. Um, 
it, it's it's in a lot of ways kind of a kaleidoscopic look at its topic. It branches off into so many little uh, tributaries, um, subplots, right, about not only Africatown but the the pollution that afflicts Africa Africatown. You're seeing um, it, its many characters sort of branch off into different directions, and the through line, of course, is is finding the ship, finding the remains of of the Clotilda. Um, and and sort of getting to know the residents of Africa Town as they process that, right. um, and boy, is there a lot to process. But you know, it's it's a really incredible documentary. Probably, probably at this point in the year, my favorite documentary of the year so far. I don't see that changing, but there are a lot of great documentaries to come, and a lot of great documentaries perhaps that I haven't seen still. Um, Descendant is the movie that I'm going to be rooting for, you know, when we get into award season because it's being sort of positioned and primed for that. And um, big props to Margaret Brown, regardless of if uh, old Oscar comes a calling, uh, she's created yeah, a really excellent work that she, you know, that that, that is a credit to this state. Um, and, you know, again, we, we talked about it enough, but um, – a really great year for Alabama documentaries. It really in particular. is. I mean, I think Alabama film in general. I mean, we did feature films have been really, really strong this year in the state. And I also think, uh, I mean, this is not an Alabama film, but I also think another sidewalk film, Miha, might get a little Oscar nod as well. Yeah, I mean, it would certainly deserve that consideration. Um, yeah, that's a great movie too. But but Descendants really the only thing that I've seen recently I, that I want to talk about. I watched some sure. shitty movie last night that I don't even want to talk about because I didn't like it. And I don't want to draw people in its direction, frankly. Well, um, I don't know that that would be convincing, you know, you saying you don't like it and telling people, but. Okay, I'll mention, I'll mention it. Why not? Uh, it's this movie, The Forgiven, oh. um, starring my beloved Jessica Chastain and Ray Fiennes. And um, it's um, kind of like the White Lotus in Morocco and every character is deeply unlikable. And the movie has really nothing novel to say about um, rich people acting shitty. Oh, well. Which is what the movie's about. Well, so. I'm about to go and see. I got those free cash in those free tickets to see Haunt for Jesus Save Your Soul. Yeah. I don't have high hopes. The trailer doesn't look great to me. It's okay. I'm tired of this fake documentary bullshit. Yeah, that's the and, weakest uh, aspect of it. That seems to me to be a misguided approach here. But I'll let you know what I think. Um, Did you like it? Ish. Mm. Uh, the two lead performances are strong enough to sort of. Is it Regina Hall? Is that right? Regina Hall and I Sterling love K. Brown. Regina Hall. Yeah, and she's fantastic in this movie, and Sterling K. Brown's fantastic in it. But it's very much a COVID production. Gotcha. Um, and the the fake documentary aesthetic doesn't really do it any favors. Um, kind of an uneven script, but those performances are are strong enough. So that the movie is is worth considering. I don't think you're going to have an awful time with it, but I don't think you're going to be real impressed with it yeah. either. Well, we'll see. Anyway, that's what we've been watching and, and a little bit about what we're about to watch. Well, that was a creaky chair. We're, hi. Hi. <laughs> and bye. The, the creaky chair threw that, you off. Really th- I mean, it really did. It was like a haunted chair. Listen, we're your own... Personal cinematic lobsterita and frozen lava flow. 
Is a lobsterita I'm, like a red lobster branded margarita? Fucking lutely. I'm not gonna stop with the corporate drinks. I'm not gonna stop with the corporate food. I can't. I can't stop. I'm like Miley Cyrus. Can't stop. Nobody's Let me asking tell you. you to stop. I don't know. I bet there are some people out there who are like, please stop already. I definitely think that there are some folks who are out there right now in cars that can't stop going to places like the Red Lobster. I want to let you know, though, if you're on your way to Red Lobster and you are picturing in your head having a tall, frosty, which I'm assuming it's tall and I'm assuming it's frosty, Lobsterita. What is, if it was like hot? It's, it's just, just the best piping name. hot. It's just the best name for a drink <laughs> ever. But beware, this little bitch has 890 calories. 890 calories. If you comp- if you just happen to wash down a couple of Cheddar Bay biscuits with that thing, you've just hit your daily calories. More like your weekly calories. Right. right? Um, and they said it's it is the same number of calories as four regular on the rocks margaritas. How is that possible? I don't know what to tell you. And then now the frozen lava flow. Now, that's this- almost skinny. That's almost skinny compared to a lobsterita because it's only 470 calories. That's at TGI Fridays, and I want you to know that it is, it's Malibu Cocoa, which is what I call coconut. I like to refer to it as cocoa. Uh-huh. Malibu Cocoa, Sailor Jerry, dark rum, and strawberry, and pineapple, and more cocoa. I have a story I'm not particularly proud of that I'm going to tell you. <laughs> is it a TGI Friday story? No, it's a Malibu Cocoa related oh, nice. story, okay. which is I went to a journalism conference in college, which is a geeky oh, wow. that sentence. Alone, um, that's cocoa. Right there. Um, and of course, we were all like 21 or 22 years old, so we were monsters. And I went to a liquor store and got a bottle of coconut rum, and I drank it. And everybody oh. called me Malibu for the rest of the week. Well, better than Coco. Slightly. People call me Coco by nature anyway because it's reasonably close to my name that's true that's uh, true anyway um thank you for listening to the side talks podcast yeah don't drink a full bottle of malibu rum if you can help it don't drink a lobsterita and drive uh yeah thanks, drink revelator responsibly co- thanks drink a revelator coffee and drive oh hell yeah i go. have done that very recently in fact and will again and none of you can stop me because revelator coffee is delicious Thanks and to Batwell Studios. Look, a lobsterita might be too, but I don't need those 890 calories. No. How many calories does? is that a seal? God. I mean, Enough. I'd, ha- too I'd much. have to I'd have to see that like is this served in like a fish bowl? I, let me let me just ask you. I mean, we need to do Can you do an image search real quick? Brad, yeah. does anything about the word lobsterita make you think that this is a small drink? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like this is yeah, like maybe an aquarium sized. Like, yeah, and I also uh, gag every time you say it. <laughs> Um, good God. Uh, let me see it. Let me see it. It, uh, it does look podcasting big. Podcasting is a visual medium. We know that. And oh, yeah, it's basically a, it, it's a margarita glass, but like a about the width of a fishbowl. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. an it, enormous. It does, it does narrow, but it doesn't it doesn't look like it narrows. You know, it doesn't look like that should be 890 calories. It really um, doesn't. It's big, uh, but not that big. Anyway, thank you so much, and uh, SidewalkFest.com at Sidewalk Film, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.